0: welcome to the latest edition of the OmniTalk spotlight series where we discuss the technologies the companies and the people that we believe are shaping the evolution of retail today we are turning our spotlight on a company that we are very familiar with and that's badger technologies badger technologies as many of you know is one of our sponsors for third house and we are joined today by tim roland their ceo tim welcome to the show
1: Hey, thank you so much, Chris. Glad to be a part.
0: Yeah, this is exciting for us. We've, we've been wanting to sit down for a while, and I'm excited I'm going to get the chance to interview you guys at NRF as well. It's been a big year, uh, 2019. It's been <laughs> a big year in grocery. It's been a big year Absolutely. in retail. We've seen all kinds of crazy things going on. We've actually called it the tipping point, so to speak. Um, so for everyone that's unfamiliar with Badger Technologies in the audience, how do you guys sit in this whole retail landscape? What is it that you do? Uh, How are you helping retailers for the future?
1: Perfect. Yeah. Glad for the chance to talk about Badger. So uh, right now there's about uh, 85 of us based in Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, we're part of a large organization called J-Bill and J-Bill acquired our small little company about uh, two and a half years ago. And now we're a part of that, just an independent product division uh, focused on retailers. And, uh, we had been, uh, at this gig for about five years. And what intrigued us from the beginning was just how difficult it is for retailers to understand what's actually going on in their stores. So you got uh, headquarters trying to make things happen out in the wild as we call it. <laughs> and, uh, what's happening. So, you know, how do you get consistency? How do you get some visibility? So we thought, how can we apply to that problem? And, uh, you know, what we found is something to do with computer uh, vision, uh, analytics, looking into their uh, environment. And for now, I think retail or, uh, robots are the way to go. So we landed on robots, uh, did a lot of uh, you know, surveys and interviews and focal groups, and loud and clear, these retailers came back and said, wow, if you can help with out of stocks and get my price tags accurate and making sure I'm displayed correctly, uh, that's going to go a long way. So if you can tackle that problem, guys, go for it.
0: I didn't know that that's really, interesting. so so a couple questions on that, a couple double clicks in so first first of all, when you say there's a lot of issues going on, a lot of problems with especially with those topics you mentioned what are some, what's some data to just give the audience a sense of just how extensive those problems are or how how bad they are for retailers?
1: yeah, you know, pretty common data would suggest about six uh, to eight percent of the time a uh, product is out of stock on a on a shelf, whether it's it be crazy. big box mass merchandise, grocery. And, you know, I'm starting to see this trend where, you know, buy online, pick up in store is actually kind of uh, making that worse. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's like, you know, how are we going to keep things stocked on the shelf? So, you know, six, eight percent and probably half of that translates to revenue. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. And then the second part of that question was because this is fascinating to me. So as you looked at all that data, why why robotics? Like when you, mm. when you singled that out as the solution and you guys, you know, surveyed the landscape, why did you say, okay, let's, let's apply robotics to trying to figure yeah. that out?
1: <clears throat> well, it's kind of crazy. You know, we, we, we make sure all our guys are in stores for a lengthy period of time so they can get sensitized. And, you know, you say, Hey, listen, you know, six, 8% of the stock's going to be you know, out of stock at any one time. And they're like, no way, you know, no way. And you start walking down through the aisles and you go, Oh, my God, look at that. That's gone, 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 gone. And then you find, wow, that spot that's supposed to be one product is not the right product. Somebody's just put something else there. And uh, you, you add up that whole problem. Heck, when, when somebody leaves the store, you know, they want to buy 10 items. They can't find one of them. Uh, it's pretty much a consistent theme. So it ain't going to sell if it ain't on the shelf. you
0: know? <laughs> And it, it's a very subjective effort, right, too? I mean, it, 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 those processes that you're describing, they're not objectively done the same way over and over again every day either, right?
1: Well, it, it, you know, it's kind of a, a bit of a hit or miss. You know, you're trying to get the uh, associate attention to go through just this overwhelming amount of scanning that needs to be done. And And, you know, it's it's just not suited for, you know, humans with the attention span. Certainly mine's about a half a second long. That's just a hard, arduous job. So, you know, that's why robotics just makes so much sense. Just let it do its thing for hour after hour after hour.
2: I think that's really important to impress upon the the audience, too, because I think that people, they hear robotics and they think, like, is this replacing the job of a human worker in in the aisle? And I think that point is really important, Tim. You know, it's it's more about efficiency and what does having this robot scanning the aisles um, more often and at a pace that's much more quick than any human can do, what does that enable for the human workers and in, in the retailers, right. at least I'd imagine? Yeah. Tim, how
0: do you think about that? I mean, there's a lot of scare tactics out there in the media. I mean, I was, I mean, I just remember even like last month, there was, you know, a lot of talk for like where robotics was like, say big companies like a Walmart or a Target. How do you think about what Ann just said uh, in terms of, you know, what can a robot do, where it's applicable? and Are those issues real or is there, are there layers of complexity to them that have to be explored?
1: Good. Yeah. I think there's definitely another side of the coin. You know, I think about, you know, I'm often challenged with the question is I'm watching robots scan shelves and somebody will come by and say, Hey, how long would it take a human to do that? You know, and, and, and I'm not measured a human, but honestly to do a, you know, a, a decent sized grocer, as an example, it would take them two or three days to scan, you know, yeah. 40, 50, a hundred thousand SKUs. Well, you Just know, once. Is, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and you right. know, Things are hopefully selling behind them. So, you know, here a robots doing it in two or three hours and, uh, you know, you just can't compare to the efficiency and the accuracy, quite frankly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's just, you're just you talking.
0: Know, oh, sorry, Tim. Go.
1: No, then I think about, you know, kind of the job deal. And I love what, what one retailer said. I said, listen, every time I hear that, I say, hey, go look at every one of my stores. I can't get enough labor. There's no way. So mm-hmm. I got to have help, guys. Well,
0: and it's cause it's not just, I think too, I think it's important to level set and, and, and we might not have done a good job at that in the beginning, but like, it's more than just inventory scanning too, right? I mean, robots can do the repetitive tasks, uh, you know, throughout this, throughout the entire store that would take that much time to get done or, or that are things that people don't like to do. Like, what is the full range of tasks we're talking
1: about here? Good, good. Yeah. You know, we got started, uh, with the top three problems and they were out of stock. Uh, what's referred to as planogram compliance, you know, are the products displayed properly? And then price tag integrity. You know, when I get up to the register, am I going to get surprised? So overwhelmingly, those were the top three. We started diving into those. And then uh, one organization said, listen, you know, a big deal for me right now is just inspecting my floors to make sure they're safe. There's nothing that needs cleaning up. So, you know, all of those things, uh, you know, were just very laborious and they, they, they couldn't get enough staff to do it. Uh, and again, the consistency and the accuracy, uh, it's just hard to compare with this machine that could just do it on and on and on.
0: Anne and I've both worked in stores and yeah, I mean, y- you're not going to scrub the floor every day. It's just that's not something yeah. you know, all day long, every day. Like this, this is just not something you're going to do. De- that's not not going to happen in a retail operation. Yeah. No, yeah. uh, it makes a hundred percent sense. So like, why wouldn't you, you think about it this way? Well, you guys. You guys specifically, too, have been on the cutting edge of this. So talk a little bit about, you know, you so you conceived of trying to solve these problems. Where have things gone since?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, we got uh, good feedback from a couple of key retailers and we started uh, doing some uh, kind of live store demonstrations and things. And, you know, one of the stories is just etched in my mind is we're, we're going into our first big uh, test site and it's uh, a pretty crowded grocer. And I'm sitting in the parking lot, getting ready to wheel our first robot in, and I'm going, "Oh my God, really? Do we, do we think this robot's going to survive? You know, a couple thousand <laughs> shoppers, and you know, the Super Bowls tomorrow, and all that kind of oh stuff." Oh my gosh! And, and, oh my gosh! You're just, pilot. You just like punishment? Yeah, you just uh, you know, kind of sit back and go okay, you know, we think it's going to work. And you introduce this uh, machine into this environment. And, uh, you know, we built in all the the smarts to say, slow down here and speed up there and give people plenty of distance. Uh, But, you know, in the end, you've got to be just very flexible and agile to say, okay, we tried that speed, we got to slow it down a little bit. Hey, we tried those lights, we got to change it a little different. Or, you know, then you get into the recognition of products, and that's got to be tweaked. So, it was very much an iterative, you know, get in, collaborate, uh, improve along the way. And uh, we jumped into this floor inspection, and now we're in the heart of this uh, shelf scanning thing. But uh, we're finding great results. So uh, a lot of great uh, reaction to to what we're able to produce.
2: Tim, are you? How are you starting that process with your retailers? Are 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 they coming to you, and you're kind of doing an analysis of all the problems that they're trying to solve with the robot, or um, are like how how does that all
1: work or what's that process? Yeah, great question. You know, so, you know, I would say about three years ago, uh, it was a a little bit of uh, expose a lot of key retailers to the possibility. And I think a common reaction was, hey, you know, we've been struggling with these problems for years. I mean, the out-of-stock rate hadn't changed. You know, we're still got X percent of price tags wrong. We just not been able to break through that. And so it was a little bit of, you know, kind of Bringing back, hey guys, we may be able to solve this now. You know the technology, you know the the, the virtuous uh, perfect storm is happening with uh, pricing and technology and capabilities, and maybe we can go at this long-standing problem. So we kind of won them over that, hey, open your mind. We might be able to break through some of these barriers. And uh, over the last couple of years, you know, ourselves, a couple of key competitors, we've got other people kind of pushing the business. Now it's kind of people knocking on doors going, hey, I'm not missing this deal. Uh, If we can automate, make our operations better, we're going for it too. So uh, now it's a bit of, uh, you know, appetite that folks are coming to us.
0: What are some of the lessons you've learned then as you try to do these implementations with retailers and even some successful anecdotes you can share uh, that you take, that you've taken away thus far as you start to talk to new retailers that are interested as you, as you described.
1: Good. You know, probably the, the, the biggest impactful one has been quite frankly, how do you operationalize what we're doing? So, you know, we're, you know, the goldmine now is we're getting all of this data and, you know, the last thing any retailer needs is more you know, terabytes of data. What they need is something they can take action on. So, you know, how do we make it extremely uh, straightforward? Is probably the best word of saying. Listen, I scanned aisle seven and I found a hundred out of stock products. Uh, how am I going to make those products get on the shelf? So, is it a mobile app? Is it a flag? Is it a PA announcement? You know, how do I check in the back stock inventory? Just working it into their system where it's like. Hey, this is not that hard. We can make this happen. So, operationalizing is probably the biggest one. How does
0: culture play into it too, Tim? I have to mm-hmm. think. I think one of the thing, interesting things about, I think, a robotics implementation is you've got you've got cultural aspects on both the employee side, mm-hmm. and then yeah. also on the impact to the customer. Maybe we'll, let's hit the employee first, and then we'll do customer. But Good. how? What have you learned there, and <laughs> how do you guys think about that?
1: Well, candidly, you know, the fun thing is. Uh, you know, I like to tease people, you know, if you if you introduce this thing in the South, you get, oh my. you, know, and you go a little further North and you're like, what the heck? Yeah, you know, what you go the go heck, heck is pretty mildly to, probably. Yeah, what yeah. the yeah. hell? And then eventually you get the WTF and all that up in the North kind of deal. So yeah. uh, it's the same reaction. It's just how polite are we going to say it and do we do it under our breath? But, you know, the first reaction is what what is that doing in this space and what is it doing? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, kind of a, a bit of captured learning you know, as I think about the associates, it's it's critical to have, you know, the old classic change management, but probably the the most crucial is a really crisp statement for what is this thing trying to do? And uh, I loved how one uh, associate described it very simply. Listen, it's helping us run the store better. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. Oh my God, you got it. So, uh, you know, that notion of giving them a hook to say, what is this I'm working on? And why is it being introduced? So, uh, you know, then the whole fun breaks out of, oh, my God, the social reaction to this thing has been, uh, quite frankly, overwhelming. I had no idea this thing would be a celebrity in some of these stores.
2: Well, and let's go into the customer side, too, a little bit more. How, how will the, the trends in robotics or being part of the store culture, how does that help to kind of customize the, the overall store experience? Mm-hmm
1: good. So, so again, it's kind of interesting when you, when you introduce it without explanation, people are thinking we're, you know, ours has blue lights. So they immediately think it's a police cop thing, you know, we're checking <laughs> shoplifting. Uh, then they think it's a giant Roomba, uh, cleaning the floor and things like that. So, you know, explaining what it does almost immediately, it's like, Oh, I can see that. And, uh, you know, I won't hide the fact you get somewhere in the reaction, wow, you're taking jobs. And, you know, typically it's a, you know, this is something they can't get to. They need uh, this machine to do uh, this work for the people. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I find it's, uh, it's real interesting, almost uh, overwhelmingly, it's a positive reaction. Uh, You know, some are saying, wow, I'm finally glad the retailer's innovating. Uh, Well, you know, candidly, there's not been a ton of innovation in retail. I mean, we've tried a lot of things for a lot of years, but, you know, I, I think, Some hint of this one is going to make a change. This one's actually going to change the way the operation's happening. So, uh, you know, generally very positive. Again, the, uh, you know, the strangeness of being in an environment, especially in a grocery store, that kind of, you know, sets people back a bit when they come through. But uh, they get it. I think uh, intuitively they, they think it's going to help make shopping better.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, groceries, I don't think groceries changed since 1916 with Piggly Wiggly. You know, it's been pretty much <laughs> the same experience, but what are some of those social things you're seeing that validate that?
1: Yeah. What, what is, so, what are some yeah, of those things
0: you share that you're seeing? Yeah. Employees do, you know, and it, customers do, again, when they start to engage with these yeah. in store.
1: Oh, it's, you know, at it, it first it's just so surprising. You watch these, uh, you know, the, the, the shock of the version of WTF and then there's a huge smile and then the phones come out and you know, immediately it's the picture, picture, pictures. And then it's the, you know, Hey, grab my camera or selfie kind of deal. Uh, you know, literally it, you know, we have to account for several days of just this thing disrupting the, 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 you know, the life and not being able to get to our job. I mean, it just takes a time for people to kind of pull this into their culture. And, uh, Oh, if you, if you, you know, if you want to watch kids just have a, a bunch of excitement and I mean, they squeal their mom, what's that, you know, what is that thing doing? Wheel the basket around here. I want to go touch that thing. Uh, the kid reaction has just been phenomenal.
0: And how do the employees react too? like on that side of things? Like, do they, like, I, I got to think if I was running a story, I would maybe think about this as like, how do you actually even make it a part of the team? Like what examples yeah. do you see of, of people doing that as you're doing these uh, implementations?
1: Yeah. So again, you know, curiosity in the beginning, and how do I fit? And what's it do for me? And then yeah. there's, in some sense, this relief. I mean, you know, people don't like uh, inspecting floors and products and things like that, and they're like, "Fine, this is great. We got a new kid on the right. team, and they're getting all that work."
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's awesome. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> we're going to give them that piece, and and yeah. then you you kind of watch it just be part of things. You know, what fascinates me is uh, here's this inanimate machine, and people are starting to act. Uh, uh, courteous with it. So, you know, the robot will turn the corner, it'll be going down the aisle and they're stocking some section of the store. They'll pull their cart away, let the robot go by and push it back in. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they'll see something uh, that's going to block the robot and they'll push an empty cart out of the way or things like that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it, I wouldn't say, you know, anybody should instruct their team, make this a part of your team, but just naturally people find it useful and they start pulling it in going, heck, you know, this is going to make the thing work better.
0: Got it. We've talked pretty high level too at this point. I mean, to give the audience some sense here, like, so in terms of a uh, number of stores, number of locations where you have robots deployed doing these types of activities, you know, where are we at right now?
1: Well, we've got, uh, you know, uh, 500 up in the uh, the Ahold brands up in the Northeast. Uh, those are the ones I can uh, talk freely about. Sure. We've got another uh, probably uh, half a dozen uh, serious uh, tests and pilots going on uh, six different retailers, and there's probably another uh, half dozen right behind those. So uh, we're, we're finding ourselves not only in the U.S. Uh, we're outside of that in Europe as well as Australia. So uh, again, the interest is kind of global. Now there's some nuances about how things are done in different parts of the country, but uh, generally everyone knows the uh, you know the, the the data and the actions that we can take off of this uh, hold a lot of promise for some innovation.
0: And where is it today? So in terms of uh, what you're doing in, in those locations, where, what are the types of activities you're doing today? Kind of what's the now next future in terms of how you see this thing playing out?
1: Yeah, good. So, uh, you know, again, the, uh, the floor inspection, you know, reporting there's a, a hazard or something that needs to be taken care of a spill, a box has fallen, something's happened. Uh, that's kind of uh, what we've been doing for over a year now. So, uh, I think we've logged about uh, a quarter a million miles of travel, uh, so there's yes. a, a lot of experience out in that environment, being around people. Uh, and then the the next big focus I'm finding is this out of stocks and price tag te- integrity. So, you know, help me get more product there and make sure the uh, pricing is accurate because we don't want okay. the customer dissatisfaction with that. Uh, the one I think is is next or pending is this whole notion of uh, is my display accurately. Uh, you know, on the shelf, the way the marketing guys and the merchandising guys wanted it to happen. So Mm -hmm. do I have the proper number of facings? Is it really in the aisle I want? Uh, Is it, uh, you know, faced properly and not spun around and things like that? So, you know, that was going to be a little bit harder because, uh, you know, getting the systems to actually tell me what it should look like uh, is a little bit hard right now, but we'll get there. Uh, But I think it's kind of a, you know, crawl, walk, run in that regard
0: yeah absolutely more um, integration points on that one for sure what about things like temperature yeah. checks and and, and what, oh yeah are you guys using it for those as for those types of well
1: activities? i i think that's the next chapter so you know i mm-hmm. think of uh interesting uh you know we're going to focus on our technology piece but you know other parts of the world are doing uh, temp sense and gas sense and odor sensors and, you know, any kind of inspection that we need to do in retail, uh, we, can, we can tap into that wave of technology too. So, you know, I think temp checks the right way to go, lighting, uh, store conditions. I mean, anything that's distracting the customer, I mean, we're going to have, have a means to take care of it. So any inspection.
2: And Tim, this this might be a silly question, but you know, so one robot can do all these things: manage auto stocks, manage planogram accuracy, pricing, um, temperature control. Potentially in the future. Are, so, are like the for the Ahold hold pilots? Are, is there one robot in each store, or how many robots are in each of these these stores? Or do you see there being yeah. more of them or fewer? If you can just elaborate but, on
1: that a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know where we'll land, but uh, okay. what I'm observing so far is that. Uh, you know, people are intrigued with us kind of specifically. We're one of the few that do both the floor inspection and the shelf conditions. Uh, they, they want one machine doing both of those operations. So, you know, how do you do that? How many times do you inspect the various things? I mean, it's more of a, you know, I call it, you got to define your train schedule. You know, when do you want the (laughs) robot running out on the floor? Uh, but, but those two features seem to run together for us going pretty well. And it's, it's a, a nice advantage for us kind of right now. Uh, You know, then you think of store size, Uh, you know, we can cover a lot of ground in 24 hours. So, uh, you know, we're we're one robot running in a very large store probably makes sense. But uh, I think there'll come a time when, you know, when is there a second or third robot Uh, We're certainly seeing other tasks like uh, floor scrubbers. Uh, We all know some companies working on uh, autonomous floor scrubbers, and uh, there'll be, uh, you know, possibly things that are dragging pallets and things out of the back room. That's another robot. So Mm -hmm. I really do see a world, I don't want to scare anybody, that there's, you know, probably three or four different utility robots running around. And, uh, you know, the features will kind of coalesce where it makes sense and where they don't, I think they'll stay separate. (laughs) Hey, what's the oh. oh,
2: I was just going to say, I think that's really important to point out because I think, especially from a customer perspective, or when we've talked to retailers who maybe or who have done some focus groups where people are like, well, there's a robot in the aisle. Like, you think about it, it's just one robot can do an entire store throughout the whole day. And if, you know, as customer adoption becomes greater and that you understand like, oh no, I'm going to go to this grocery store and I'm going to actually, all the things will be in stock. Like this is actually a benefit to me. And it's really hardly any inconvenience at all if you even see the robot while you're there. Like it's not 25 robots running through the aisles. It's, you know, one or two or potentially three that are all like doing their own thing and not disrupting the customer shopping experience. They're just making it better.
0: Yeah, it's like Tim said. Yeah. I mean, checking inventory outs would take multiple days, right. and that's just for one point in
2: time. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, your point Anna is 100% right. It's the only way, especially in the omnichannel world, it's the only way to customize an experience on it. You need yeah. to have the data at least right, no matter how you're going to do it, robotics anything. The data's got to be right for you to start to tailor and customize your experiences. Tim, how long does it take? How long does it take? Say, let's say a retailer says, "Okay, I want to do this." Mm-hmm. Robots at the store. What is that What is that kind of integration implementation process look like how long does it take to get this thing up and running and and doing the types of things we're talking about
1: yeah and it's uh you know probably depends uh you know directly to uh what level of integration are they ready for you know as an example uh you know how are we going to exchange files that tell me what the actual prices should be uh what what's going to tell me what products to look for do you have product images available and things like that so you know i'm kind of watching a spectrum of uh, retailers some are you know, have those uh, data feeds or APIs kind of in place already or they're working on them. So, you know, those can just be enhanced. Uh, Others, uh, you know, a little bit further behind where we've got to do a little more uh, deeper integration. So Mm -hmm. I'd say the long pole really is uh, how are we going to exchange data, which speaks to Hey, you know, retail ecosystem, let's continue to work on that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. let's have common, common ways of doing that so we can all be smarter, better at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the actual implementation, uh, you know, we, uh, we go in with some equipment and actually map the physical environment. Okay. Uh, you know, that can happen, uh, boy. Huge stores we can do in a couple of hours, kind of thing. And you take okay. that map, and then we, you know, load it into our cloud. And so the robot shows up at the particular address. It says, "Hey, you know, I'm X Y Z, and send me down my brain." And you know, we'll send down the map and its instructions and its mission and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that that kind of hooking it up, we've gotten to where it's a pretty quick process, uh, and the deployment is pretty speedy.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was asking too, because I think the base case, uh, like you say, say if it's just floor monitoring yeah That's yeah. great to know like it's a couple hours because you know part of this like we said is cultural like how do you just get people comfortable and used to it, yeah, but that part of the experimentation and getting that started is I have to think is just as important as then yeah. putting in all the other layers that's great
1: um yeah you raise a you raise a great point you know I, I, at first, I was kind of like you know really floor inspection I mean that's not the sexy part of retail <laughs> and uh but I'm so glad that's where we started because you know here we are as I mentioned with the 250,000 miles of travel well that's the we've really gotten our navigation fine-tuned you know the the base machine has to live and move and you know operate around humans Uh, we got to get that right and uh, in our world what we're carrying as far as sensors and cameras is the second step I mean let's make sure the navigation is just spot on because again we're we can't disrupt this environment that's the last thing we're going to ask a retailer.
0: Yeah. And again, too, and it's like what jobs have to be done, what jobs are actually getting done. And you know when you, when you talk about floors, that's actually safety. Like, yes. In some ways, yes. that's even more important than yeah. the item integrity. Yeah. So it's, it's a f- wonderful place to start in that regard. Um, all right. Well, let's get you out of here on this. Uh, as you know, we do this with all of our guests. And that, of course, is our closing segment, How Millennial Are You?
2: <laughs> We're excited to do this with you, Tim, especially being right. the uh, CEO of a robotics company. So, um, good luck to you. lot to live up to. <laughs> all right. Uh, Tim, when the option is available, are you, uh, when you're at the grocery store, we'll say, are you paying with a credit card or cash or do you use mobile payment like Apple Pay?
1: I love Apple Pay. So uh, oh, that, that, that's right. my gig. Absolutely. Oh, my God. You're so far ahead of everyone we interview.
2: Yes, (laughs) absolutely. We're huge
1: fans,
0: and like we never hear that.
2: You may have already won.
1: Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. This may be the end. Yeah, let's just quit it.
2: Yes. Okay, uh, next question. Within the last week, how many times have you ordered food or coffee or other beverages through an app?
1: Oh, I fall down here. Very little. Really? Why? Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I I, I don't know if I'm still uh, want to look into my uh, you know barista's eyes or not. I'm not sure what's going on there. I'll have to figure that one out.
0: And you are baristaing it. That's good to know. Why? Why? <laughs> I wanted to ask you this too. Like, why Apple Pay? Like, what is the hook for you there? I'm curious because I'm curious what the juxtaposition is as we as we talk.
1: Yeah, you know, it, probably at the end of the day, I don't I don't like carrying a wallet. You know, I'd rather have everything on my device. So
0: yeah, you're not George Costanza. No, that makes sense. That's that's exactly why I do it too. Exactly why I do it.
2: Okay, Tim, last question. If you could only use one social app for the rest of your life, what would it be and why?
1: Uh. You know, I th- I, I I wonder sometimes our whole operation would probably shut down if we didn't have Slack. So, uh, I'm amazed oh. at how we're using it <laughs> in everything. So, yeah. Tim, you you might have one. Tim dropping the Slack reference you? for the first I time. Know. We've done a 100 of
0: these podcasts and we've never heard Slack. That Oh okay. my gosh. Yeah. All right, dude, I think you just need to go to Starbucks and download that app. And I think you're basically, <laughs> damn,
1: uh, I, I got to have something to aspire to. So I'll, <laughs> I'll go into it.
0: Yeah, we'll do that out at NRF. That'd that be awesome. Good. Well, Hey man, thanks so much. That was a ton of fun. Um, thank you as well. I want to say uh, on behalf of everyone at the army talk and third house team, thank you guys for yes. your support as well. You know, if people are interested in learning more about Badger technology, about robotics in general. Uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you and to learn more? Good,
1: good, good. So uh, anytime uh, info at Badger Technologies, uh, come find us there. We'll we'll go from there. But we'll also be at uh, NRF in January, uh, the FMI, FMI show uh, later in that month. And then uh, we'll be at a robotic show in uh, Chicago in May. So uh, we're trying to be out there.
2: Amazing.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you again so much. For those listening, it's Tim Rowland, the CEO of Badger Technologies definitely a company worth having on your radar screen and to keep an eye on. So for all those listening out there, whether you're at your home, in your car, at work, as always, be careful out there.